Hey, stuck in the woods of Connecticut, ladies and gentlemen, how the hell are you? Hammer? Coming to you live from the frozen tundra of Austin, Texas. Oh yeah, y'all are gonna, you're all gonna lose power and die, right? Well, the, uh, yes, yeah, well, probably, I, so the ERCOT, remember the ERCOT guys? Oh yeah. Two years ago? So, I don't really understand all the te- technicalities, but he was like, we're, we're expecting like usage to be at 70,000. I don't know what that is. Like kill. I don't, I don't know what the, the thing is. Yeah. He's like, but we're prepared for 90. And I was like, that doesn't really sound very prepared. Like that's pretty thin margin. That's a thin <laughs> margin. <laughs> we're talking about losing power and freezing temperatures. That's a thin yeah. margin. Yeah. Oh, so were you there for the great uh, ice storm of what? Was that two three years ago? Two years ago, yeah. Two, were you there for that? I was. Okay, did you lose power? No, because I'm on a um, I'm on like the hospital part of the you grid. Sandbagging son of a bitch. I know. So I'm in the woods of Connecticut. Like I don't have. There's no natural gas line. There's no sidewalks. Like I'm in the fucking sticks, right? So us losing power means everybody loses power. And there's no hotels this time of year anywhere near us. So we're pretty well fucked without a generator, and we don't have a generator. You, 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 don't, have a gener- you don't have a generator? No. Funny story. During the pandemic, I tried to get one. I'm talking four, five, six calls to this Generac dude. Just never got back. Oh, yeah, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. Never got back to me. They were so fucking busy. I was just ignored. Hmm. Not doing it now. A little late for that shit. Yeah. So we're probably going to freeze to death for Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, let's do a podcast like in the midst of that. I think it'd be fun. We can do a live stream. Live stream yeah, my family. Yeah, we'll live death. stream it. Yeah, that's good. We're going to freeze to fucking death on Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas, Hammer. Um, we don't recognize holidays in Austin. I forgot. Of religious, it's happy, it's happy holidays. Happy holidays in Austin, okay. Texas. So better not get a Merry Christmas card from you and your roommate. It better Never. be happy holidays or I will cancel you. Return to fucking sender. Who is this bigot <laughs> mailing me? <laughs> uh, big, big bowl season uh, in college football coming up. Yes. I plan to lose everything and then some in the bowl season. Uh, college football playoffs coming up, NFL coming up, and we are going to get into the bracket of DGN of the year. It's the last week of voting. Uh, first podcast, no, second last week. We'll be on next week. First podcast in January, we will reveal the DGN of the year. But just so, just to give you a little taste, Hammer, here's the bracket. Um, out of the Western Conference, we got SBF versus Kim Kardashian. And out of the Eastern, we have Vladimir Putin versus Kanye West. So those are the two brackets. Uh, head-to-head, Degen of the Year uh, will be next week. But we're going to be voting now. So put your votes in. Email Irving one at gmail.com or hit us on the Twitter at Irving at Hammerday Tejas, uh, and, and leave your votes. We also have a voicemail number for all you degenerates that have, still have uh, fucking service. Uh, it is 203-293-6365. Uh, leave a message there with your vote or with any questions you got, any weird DGen questions that you might have. Uh, that's housekeeping, Hammer. That's what we call that in the business. Cleaning it up. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. So uh, we had signing day today, National Signing Day, Hammer. Um, 
obviously Archie Manning uh, signed with the Texas Longhorns. They got a couple other kids that are pretty damn good. I'd like some insight on National Signing Day for the UT Longhorns. Texas looks good. Good spot. Top five class. Number, I think we've got the, depends what ranking you look at, but for most of the consensus rankings, it's we've got the number one quarterback, running back, and linebacker in the nation in this class. Wow. So we, we've got a good balance, Shay, of impact players, so players that can come in and play within the next year to two years, mm-hmm. and then developmental players that you can stack after the impact players from last year's class uh, graduate. And I think that's what you want. You want that balance, especially in like offensive line, defensive line, right? Um, you don't want all developmental players and you don't want all impact players. I mean, unless you're, you know, Alabama or Georgia, I think you can recruit that way. But um, in this day and age, I think you've got to stack, you got to be smart at how you stack your classes in terms of uh, what you did last year, what you're doing this year. Plus, you've got the portal element, portal element now, right. Shay, where you know for a lot of teams, you can use that as leverage in high school recruiting like with guys that you'd like, but you don't – they're not like must-gets, right? Like a guy like, hey, right. you know, a guy you want – there's a wide receiver right now who uh, was supposed to sign yesterday, didn't, and you, know, you, you could effectively be like, hey, man, we'll, we'll just go to the portal if you don't want to sign. And you set a hard deadline, and you can use that as leverage. Now, the, the flip side of that is when you get a kid like Anthony Hill, right, who's the top linebacker in the country, you don't want to do any linebacker portaling <laughs> until no. that guy signed, right? So you've got you've to balance it. Um, you got to balance your high school recruiting with your portal recruiting and make sure that you're keeping everybody happy but also using it, uh, both as leverage. Speaking of high schoolers, um, Texas State champions high school football uh, happened last weekend, and we had four South Dallas area schools become state champs, right? Yeah. So DeSoto, Duncanville, Sock, and who else? Um, who was the fourth one? I think it was only th- – well, depends – I think it was only three unless you include like Alito, but that's more like out by Fort Worth. Uh, Duncanville finally got theirs. Oh, uh, thank goodness. Yep. They took a lot of heartbreaks and they finally beat North Shore. Yep. South Oak Cliff went back to back and then um, DeSoto uh, got theirs. Got DeSoto theirs put up 612 yards of offense. Uh, in their state championship final. Yeah, they played, I believe they played Austin Vandergriff, which is... Vandergriff, they did. They beat the yeah, shit Yeah, so they're kind of like the best, Not like besides Westlake, they're probably one of the better teams around Austin. Um, they do not have the athletes <laughs> that a DeSoto <laughs> or South Dallas team would have, but um, they've got some big... They've got some big um, some stuff corn on fed the line. gringos. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, that was exciting. Uh, National Signing Day. I want to. I want to zero in on one school. Uh, my new favorite school outside of Texas, the Auburn Tigers. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- new head coach Hugh Freeze. 
a former Degenerate of the Year reigning champion. Um, I don't know if you knew this, Hammer, but surprise, surprise, Hugh Freeze shows up and recruits start following. Uh, they flipped one of the best cornerbacks in the country from Ohio State to Auburn and Kay and Lee. They got Kedrick Falk. They flipped him from Florida State, one of the best edge rushers in the class. Uh, and this all comes a day after they already landed the number four junior college offensive tackle, Xavion Miller. So there was literally zero momentum in Auburn's recruiting class with Harson. He's gone. Cadillac's gone. Hugh Freeze shows up, and all of a sudden the recruits start following. This is, I mean, this is as predictable as the sun coming up tomorrow morning, y'all. Hugh Freeze has the bagmen in hand once again. Well, I think that was a problem. Well, first off, Brian Harris, Harson was not a big recruiter. No. Which was a terrible fit at Auburn given, you know, I mean, that's some of the best with. recruiting in the countries around there, right? Right. Um, and, you know, they had to get all the BBs in the box, as Mac Brown used to say, in terms of getting <laughs> your boosters and alumni all working towards the same goal. Some of that's, you know, NIL, right? Get money together. And uh, money's getting gathered. That's for damn it's sure. It's getting gathered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say Auburn did great. Uh, Miami had a pretty good class, all things considering yep. how they did this season. But the most impressive National Signing Day performance was was Oregon. Oregon. Talk about flips. Talk about fucking five flips. Kids, including like multiple five stars. Um, a quarterback out of um out of Austin here out of Dripping Springs. Off Austin Novus. I think his Novus is his name. He had been long, long committed to Baylor. AM and made a run at him. A bunch of scores Novus made a run at him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they I mean they were they're you know, they're they're harvesting their uh Phil Knight. Uh, Nike money, <laughs> oh, big well, time. I would say, big uh, time up there in Eugene because they lost the, Dante Moore. They lost Dante Moore to start the week, right? The quarterback they lost him. Well, I don't know if they lost him or they reallocated resources to right. uh, Austin. Right, Novosad. I think that's more than likely what happened. And they got Dalen Austin. That was an LSU guy. They flipped him. Yep. They fucking Oregon turned it on this year. You know who didn't turn it on? Oklahoma. Uh, th- I mean, they had, I mean, all things considering, I mean, they'll have a. They top lost a Kana to us. They lost a Kana to us, right? They did, yes. And Bowen, Bowen never even fucking showed up. Didn't even put an OU fucking hat on the table. Uh, back, let's back that up. So, oh yeah, sorry. He, so Peyton Bowen's awesome safety out of Denton, which is north north of Dallas. Right. He went to Guyer. He's a five star. Was long long committed to Notre Dame. Everyone was making a run out of him, especially OU. His girlfriend is on the OU soccer team, mm. and mm. so. Come signing day, he, he flips his commitment to Oregon. Like at the table, picks the hat, but doesn't right. sign his letter of intent. 
<clears throat> so fast forward to today, as of like an hour ago, I'm almost positive I saw you just signed with OU. Fuck off. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm almost positive. Shut up. Yeah, that's where he wanted to go. So he, um, he wait, wait, wait. So he picks Oregon on the table. Yes. Doesn't sign his LOI. Yes. Signs one with OU. Ye- almost positive. I'll verify. Unfucking right believable. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll check that. So you, what you have in some of these recruitments is you have who the mom wants, which is usually aligned with coach, like who they feel the most comfortable with from a head coach. Who's going to be the the man, the male figure in their son's the life, father figure, right. right? Sure, sure. Then you've got the kid and who the kid wants, and some of that's you know in this case it's his well his girlfriend goes OU. I think he's got some friends. Maybe in that class. Um, then you've got who the dad wants. And the dad's interests sometimes are a little different. Than, uh, and, and sometimes this is flipped. You know, like uh, sometimes it's the mom that wants financial things. <laughs> um, but in this case, um, there was a three-way pull uh, in terms of uh, – yeah, he did. Uh, he he did sign. I just committed it, or I just uh, I just saw his uh, his. There was a, a confirmed on on the, on the interwebs. Yep, confirmed, confirmed. So that was probably the wildest. Wow. You know, every couple of years you have these things where the kid picks some. Like uh, a couple of years ago, there was a kid who picked Florida, and his mom really wanted Arkansas. Right. She like walked away from the table crying. Remember this. Remember this. <laughs> it was uh, so mad. Yeah. So I, I mean, it was, it's, it was a, I think that these Nash, the early national signing days are now basically national signing. There's a couple kids like in UT's class that are going to wait. Um, but if you want to be an early enrollee, which are most, of these kids want to do unless they're playing basketball or track or baseball. Um, you've got to do now. You can't wait till February, right? Right. A whole new world, man. Whole new world. So we'll see. We shall. Texas with another top five class. I mean, when is Sark going to bring this home? That's the question. And I want to revisit the Archie versus Ewers conversation briefly if we can. When is Sark going to bring it? So I think um, he's building so – so the roster was pretty well um, – the Herman 19 and 20 classes, or was it 18 and 19 or 19, were basically decimated. Cupboards were bare. The cupboards were pretty damn bare. A lot of transfers, a lot of kids like, De- I don't know if you remember, DeGabriel Freud out of California, who's the number one linebacker in the country, never mm. played a down of college football. We had a couple of kids like that that just had these like freak like injuries prior to even stepping foot on campus. But either way, um, he's doing a great job rebuilding the roster. Um, I think next year we should be the favorite to win the Big 12. Wow. I, I really think so. I, I think if you look at the talent uh, on the offensive line, on the defensive line, um, 
It's funny, but it'll. I think our our ceiling will be dependent upon uh, our quarterback play. Mm. Which I was randomly watching the OU game while trying to work earlier today, and after that game, I thought, "Wow, I don't think we're gonna have quarterback problems here for five or six years at least." No you know? Exactly, same fucking boat. But what's gonna happen? I mean, the, the real competition with Archie and and, and Ewers. I mean. Well, previously you said Ewers is going to win out. You don't think it's going to be that big of a competition. Where do you stand today? Mm, I'm not as bullish on that. I, I, I think that there could be a real competition because where Ewers struggles, which is processing um, some of the fun, less so some of the fundamental, I mean, Ewers' footwork is just garbage. Uh, mm-hmm. He throws every throw off platform almost. <laughs> He's yeah. really talented at it, but y- y- you can tell it affects. You can't always throw off platform. Um, I think Arch is is pretty darn good at processing, and that's that's uh, going so you through think the progression. Arch, Arch is good at shit that yours is not. Yeah, I mean yours yours has a better has better arm strength. Totally right. Arch has better release and better processing he's probably more athletic he's definitely more athletic than yours if you think about like just size and speed so i mean i think at the end of the day like i hope it's a real quarter i think it will be just given i don't think that you know the mannings are going to want a fake quarterback competition um no shit and i hope what it does is it pushes both of them especially quinn i hope quinn um, get some private coaching and does the things he needs to do to get better. Private coaching. Mm-hmm. That's going to be easy to find in Austin, I imagine. <laughs> Dude, we've got all, there's all kinds of like, it's crazy here. There's a fucking there's this, mini economy there, down there. It's a mini. Dude, we got this place called the Collective with a K now down here where a with ton a of kids train before the draft now. No shit. Um, yeah, it's like, if you think about it, so like on it, you know, like Joe Rogan's like, I think he's a part owner. So you have on it down here, which is like a big training facility for MMA guys. Right. Um, you've got collective now, which is a lot of NFL players, NBA players. And then you've got a bunch of private coaches like Jeremy Hills who played at UT. He's got a big, big place here. Um, so he, yeah, I mean, he's, I think he uses the same coach as Mahomes. Just bag men everywhere. Just bag men. <laughs> Hammer, I, I'm curious about like how much more can the UT staff develop Arch? Like, obviously, he'll be playing against better competition practice every day, but how much better can that staff make him from a talent perspective when he's sort of surrounded by family who might arguably be the best developers he could buy? Fair. Yeah. That is, I mean, it's a, that is a good question. How much more can Sark develop Archie versus Archie's own bloodline, right? Are his uncles even going to be chirping in his ear, or is that are they that kind of family? Would they even have the time to fucking worry about Archie and his mechanics? I mean, you tell me. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know the Manning family, but my, I mean, my guess would be they're pretty busy dudes. I'm right. I'm assume, assuming that you know. Every now and again, they check in with him, you know, when he does throwing sessions 
when they're in town, I'm sure they swing by and give them pointers, but I don't think that they're, you know, it's not like Kyle Murray's dad, right? Oh, here we go. Literal quarterback coach. Um, Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it's that, but to answer the question, I mean, I think where they help him more is the mental game, right? Like the the processing and whatnot. Yeah, the processing, recognizing defenses, recognizing tendencies. Those are the things that, you know, it's really hard to learn as a quarterback at that age. Unless you have people like, you know, uncles who are in the Hall of Fame or one of them in the Hall of Fame. Well, Um, one of them should be. The other one shouldn't. Yeah. So I think we're Sark and Milwee, who's the quarterback coach, who has a really, really tight relationship with the Manning family. Was a big part of that recruitment. Um, Got it. I think that I think that they can help him with some of his mechanics because no no one's perfect. Um, but I also think that they can um, get him more prepared for like a co- a college based defense and offense meaning. Like he's probably only he's never seen like quarters coverage. He's never seen um like eight man drop like you see from like Iowa State or like Arkansas. I think that they can get him ready for some of that weird stuff that you know he hasn't seen a lot of. And then there's also just a lot of maturity in Sark's system around like route trees, route progressions, um, which was a cons- which was a struggle the second half of the year. If you notice, there's a lot of like miscommunication. Between oh, shit ton. Oklahoma yeah. State game. Oklahoma so, State game. So I think that they can help him there probably more so than his uncles because it's, um, you know, just time. Like they're, they're, they don't, you know, they're not going to have time to work with uh, their nephew the way that a coaching staff is. But they'll, they'll, they'll be amazing, you know, advisors to him for sure. Mm. Well, good. Uh, we'll segue here. We're going to get to it. We might as well. Dallas Cowboys game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. All right. So I called into the Dan Patrick show and talked about a few things. One of them was the third and 10 play. All you needed was a first down to ice the game, and they threw a fade route to Noah Brown. I think I think we talked about this, Hammer. Kellen Winslow, Kellen trying to fucking – Kellen Moore trying to fucking play – god and 3d chess and trying to get cute when they could have just ran the damn ball again pinned him deep and made jacksonville burn that final timeout. they decided not to fucking do that they decided to run an awful fucking low percentage throw to the number three receiver on the team so that that blew my fucking mind that made no fucking sense to me um and then on top of that, Dak throws two picks, but we can't blame him for either one. If you do, you don't understand the game, according to Bob Sturm and all the other fucking Dallas-Fort Worth area <laughs> media types. Uh, and on top of all that, Hammer, the Cowboys gave up over 500 fucking yards to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 503 fucking yards. You give up. This Two weeks in a row, this is the Texans game, this is the Jags game, This is the Green Bay game all over again. You've got three teams that you should be head and shoulders above, three teams that are going to be nowhere near the playoffs, that you should be able to boat race or at least, you know, you're up 27-10 in the third, and this is what fucking happens. You're up 14-0 in Green Bay, and you lose that fucking game. You're losing a big lead. This defense, to me, is not playoff ready. And honestly, 
Dak needs to fucking step up. He cannot be throwing two picks a game. I don't give a fuck how many tipped passes we're talking about. He leads the league in picks since week eight. He's got 11 picks in nine fucking games. That's not all tip fucking balls, y'all. Well, I think it's important to also maybe discuss like or kind of prelude this conversation with like the NFL is different than college football. Like in college football, you can be a top tier team and just dominate everybody on your way to a 10 win season, right? Yeah. Um, NFL is different. There's par- There's more parity. Um, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars – you know, had a lot of close games. I've got a lot of talent on that team. The Texans, albeit one one win team. I mean, I, I just think the expectation that you're gonna go in and like dominate every team, especially when you're playing down quote down, right? Um But but in, we're in, talking a twenty seven ten lead here, Hammer. No, 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 no. But I'm, that's my comment on like like putting these games away. Like I just don't think like like NFL like teams just don't like go away, mm-hmm. right? Like these are grown ass men; they're professionals, and and so I'm not trying to make excuses for the Cowboys, but I'm also trying to point out like it's a little different than just like oh it's a bad team we should beat them, you know, by three touchdowns or every bad team we should beat. I think it's it's a little different than NFL. Now the concern is that you brought up is the trend, the trend of exactly. Uh, especially giving up yards on defense. The defense is clearly regressing. Big time. What was the the shining light of this team in the Cooper Rush era, right? Um, (laughs) Not so much uh, the last few weeks. Um, And we're trying to – we're back to the, like, let's run it and gun it with Dak Prescott, which he's not a fit for. I'm sorry. He is not an elite run-and-gun Justin Herbert type quarterback. Like he's a go. play action, get him outside, use his feet to find the open receiver guy. And that if you don't use him that way, then you get what you ask for, which is like exactly. he's going to throw, you know, picks, especially terror. Like that, the first one was awful. I mean, that was like the time, the timing and the, and the, the plant, like the position on the field was just backbreaking. It's what started the comeback. Exactly right. Exactly fucking right. Listen, I Dak is not a top five quarterback, and Kellen tries to use him like he is. Like he is not that dude. He has extremely awesome qualities, and he's a talented motherfucker. But he is not that dude. Like you're saying, he's not a run and gun dude. He's just not. He's not slinging it all over the field. You get bad fucking things. I think it's something like we're, we're we got like we're three and thirty when Dak throws over forty times a game, or whatever it is. It's the same thing as Romo. Love Romo to death. But he wasn't Tom Brady. He wasn't Aaron Rodgers. He's not a dude who be, should be throwing it 50 times a fucking game. Use him for his fucking talents. Win some games. Let's go. Play to your fucking strengths. Yeah, your strengths on defense are turnovers and pass rush and being Facts, like, baby. yeah, you've got to be able in this day and age in, in, in football, especially in the NFL to recognize you have to play complementary football. Like running and gunning with our defense is not complementary football. Complementary football is you run the, you run the ball 180 to 250 yards a game. You try to, you jam it down the throat. 
you throw off play action, right? You play, yeah. you play some possession, yeah. and you keep our defense from having to sustain, you know, like number of possessions. You keep the possessions down low and then get them in high leverage situations where they can make plays with our pass rush and, and get picks or fumbles, or, you know. But I don't know. I, I, I really just – I don't know what to think, Shay, of the Cowboys right now, man. I don't either. I don't – I mean, this is first-round exit written all over their oh, goddamn we could, we'll, we'll lose. We'll lose to Tampa Bay on the road. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Speaking of the NFL playoff picture, clinched a spot, Bills and the Chiefs in the AFC – in the NFC, Eagles, Vikings, Vikings, motherfuck, that Indiana. Woo-wee! That Colts game. I had the Vikings plus nine in my teaser league. Oof. And they went down, I think, 17 nothing. And I started, because the banker told me to take the bet. So I started motherfucking the banker. Um, and about an hour later, he was like, never in doubt, motherfucker. He won. Uh, Niners clinched, Cowboys clinched due to no action of their own. Eagles and Vikings, um, that rounds it out right now on the clinchers. Uh, in the hunt, I mean, we might get the fucking Lions. We might get the Lions in the fucking playoffs, which would be key. Packers are not out of it yet, uh, contrary to what I said about 10 minutes ago. The Washington football team, the New York Gigantes on the NFC side, they're all in the mix. Hey, fuck, even Carolina's 7-7, seven and seven, they're in the mix. What a shit NFC fucking t- year. God, God. No, no. Brutal. Anyway, so that's the playoff picture. That's what we're seeing. Um, I think we got some motherfucking voicemails to get to. Uh, first up, Willie the Funeral Home Guy in California. Can't wait to hear this. What's up, Shay? It's Willie in California. Calling to see what you think about Gardner and the boys coming in this week and uh, taking it in honor of Coach Leach. Death game can be a strong thing, probably something to be concerned about. Also wondering if uh, when your boys bow out this year, you'd like me to create some uh, headstones for you on a funeral home, so I'd be happy to do so. Possibly place them in front of the stadium or uh, in your front yard to commemorate another losing season. Let me know what you think. Thanks, brother. Wow, that was pretty fucking mean. Funeral home guys. I Shit. love I love that. So I love that we fucking... have a listener that owns a funeral home. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's so on brand, Hammer. I know. So, he does bring up a good fucking point that I didn't think of until I heard that voicemail. There is an emotional angle here. Minshew played for Leach at Wazoo. You remember famously Mike Leach put on a mustache, a fake mustache that the fans wore after a big win. At Wazoo, uh, Minshew had a tight relationship with Mike, and Minshew's starting. He's starting. They guaranteed it. It's Saturday game. He's starting. Cowboys are favored by four and a half points. That fucking scares the shit out of me. Stinky. I don't like it one bit, Hammer. Yeah, I, I don't like it at all. I think this is a better football team. Oh yeah, like, no, 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 hundred percent. Top to bottom, think, better football no. team. And Better coaching. Yeah, I think I think Minch is potentially going to go off. Pick on uh, God, what's that DB's name that had a terrible game for us? Ours, Joseph. Joseph, Kelvin. Kel- yeah, like they're going to they're going to go to him, him every fucking time. Oh yeah. Right? Well, I mean, our our defense has been 
or secondary specifically, is decimated with injuries. And now Lanton Van, uh, Van Der Esch is out again with a neck injury. That poor son of a bitch can't catch a break. He missed half the fucking year, what, two years ago with his neck injury? Yeah, he's had a rough he's had a rough go at it, right? Yeah, it sucks. Fucking sucks. So now I gotta worry about Minshew and Mike Leach and the ghost of Mike Leach coming to haunt me. Great. Fucking perfect. Hmm. Exactly what I wanted to hear. Fuck me. All right. Uh, another voicemail here. We have uh, the Chancellor in the Mojave Desert. Uh, if we could hear the Chancellor, producer John. Jay Hammer, how we doing, gentlemen? This is the Chancellor checking in from the middle of the Mojave. Uh, just two things. Want to want to touch on real quick. Number one, we are rapidly approaching the end of the calendar year, 2022. Just curious when we're going to get a final proclamation of DGen of the year. Uh, and then number two, somewhat related to that. I don't know if this is a 2023 project, uh, but at some point would love to see and hear uh, about an inaugural D-Gen Hall of Fame class. Uh, mm. So in addition to that, though, where do you think the D-Gen Hall of Fame would be located? Mm. Uh, I will hang up and listen. Get it in, boys. Mm. Fun-filled voicemail right there, Hammer, huh? Uh, first off, calling in from the Mojave. Uh, the Mojave Desert is in California. Hammer, have you ever been to the Mojave Desert? I have not. No. Have you? Mm. Uh, no. No. But there's a lot of drugs out there. Mm. A lot of ayahuasca and weird shit that people do. Uh, didn't know if any of your hippie contacts in California invited you out there ever. No. I, I think, um, isn't that where Jim Morrison saw the Raven or something? That might be right. It's a <laughs> northeast of Los Angeles, not far from Vegas, uh, but it's a wasteland. So be careful. North of Joshua Tree. It's not Joshua Tree. I was Blue out there. in Joshua Tree uh, a couple weeks now ago. Now he says it. Now he says it. Not what are we doing in Joshua Tree? Desert, though. Mm -hmm. Joshua Tree's a desert. Um, so where, so the, I like the question. Where would we have the ceremony, though? I think it would have to be in, like, uh, Phuket, Thailand, maybe? Yeah, there we go. See, Vegas is an easy answer. Yeah. That's not the answer. It's not. It's not. It's like Phuket, Thailand, or Atlantic City, or, like, uh, Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville, Florida. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Or like somewhere in West Virginia that doesn't have internet service. That's where we should build it. If we build it, they'll come, Hammer. The D-Gen Hall of Fame. we got to really solidify these D-Gens of the year. Moscow, maybe. Ooh. Right? Do you think Vlad would allow us to build the Hall of Fame there if we made him D-Gen of the year? I don't know. we got to get Vlad on the show if anyone knows. If, if anyone's yeah, connected. Yeah, somebody shout out to Vlad, please. That would really help the advertising click we're on. Oh, speaking of that, we're going to get advertisers. We're just going to start faking it and pretending like uh, people are advertising with us. So just email whoever we mention and say, I heard you on the Shea and Irving show. We love you. You don't have to buy nothing. Just, you know, do it. Cool. Are we going to do like athletic greens? Yeah. I want to <laughs> yeah. do that and like, uh, like kitchen, kitchen Tupperware, like uh, La Crusade. Just because it would make no sense. Did you have you ever heard like Tim Dillon's podcast where he does he does like uh, he does bits on all his advertisers and he had no there was one like underwear company he was doing 
and he would go off for like five minutes on how the uh, the owner of the company is like a pedophile. Anyways, he, <laughs> he, he just he turns all the ads into like really crazy stories, and some of them are not very nice about the advertisers, but they still pay. I think because people think it's funny. Buy their shit. Yeah, that's funny. That's uh, that's what we're gonna get into, y'all. I like it. Uh, make sure to buy all our stuff. That's very important. Um, I think we got another voicemail. Elliot in Oklahoma City. Elliot, here we go. Shay and Hammer. This is Elliot in Oklahoma City. Have you ever hustled or been hustled, whether it be in gambling, cards, you name it? The DGens of America want to know. Have a good one. Oh, yeah, I got hustled. I've gotten hustled a few times in back alley dice games, but I'll tell you the one time I got hustled to my fucking face in broad daylight was by Billy fucking Gibbons of ZZ Top at a bar Christmas Eve in Aspen, Colorado. I'm sitting down having a po' boy at this bar, and it's a basement. It's like a basement bar. There's like two people in there, bartender, me, and some other bar fly. I'm having a po' boy, and this tall, lanky motherfucker with a three-foot beard, ginger beard, shows up, sunglasses on, beanie, and he orders a fat tire. And I'm looking over like, you know, I know who the fuck this guy is. This is crazy. He's standing right next to me at the bar. And he orders a fat tire and he drinks it. I swear to God, Hammer, he drank it in two gulps. Just boom, boom, gone. And then he says, I'll take another one. And then boom, boom, same shit, gone. And then he goes to take a piss. And I look at the bartender. I'm like, did you fucking see that? And he's like, yeah, that guy knows how to drink beer. I was like, no, you fucking moron. That's Billy goddamn Gibbons. So Billy comes out, and we start talking shit, yada, yada. Somehow we start talking about dice. And this motherfucker pulls out a pair of dice from his, like, jean jacket, like the front pocket or something. And he pulls out dice, and we start fucking spinning. We start rolling dice on the bar, and he takes me for 100 bucks and walks out, and he keeps the dice. Took a picture with me, but he took $100 from me. I was supposed to buy a pie. That was the last $100 I had in my pocket. I had to call for backup. So he took 100 bucks for me with his own dice. I didn't win a single fucking roll hammer. He smoked me the entire time. Loaded dice! Hard to top that story. That's pretty great. I remember that. Remember that shit? Actually, I, was like, I didn't got... remember until you brought it back up. But I, remember that, I remember when that happened. That was years ago. Yeah, was but he rolled ago. me. He fucking rolled me. I didn't win a single fucking roll. Huh. How does that happen? How the fuck does that happen? You don't it's win a single goddamn roll. Silly, Seven out yeah. me all goddamn day. The bullshit. Lost it all. Have you been hustled, Hammer? Besides, you know, the women. Definitely in pool. Ooh. Uh, I'm trying to think about, like, poker. My son, I play poker with my son. He's seven. He hustle. He, he's, he doesn't hustle. He cheats, though. And just, <laughs> just, just every hand he cheats. He's Does he always pull cards looking the at bottom my card, trying mean? to see my cards, his sister, oh. who's five, her cards. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've explained to him that if and when we do take him outside of our house to play cards, if he does that, that people will take a hammer to his knuckles and he still doesn't care. He keeps, <laughs> he keeps, <laughs> he keeps cheating. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he, he doesn't care at all. He just wants to fucking win. I get it. He does. He just, he bets every street. Like he just, he he just bluffs, every everything. He's That's amazing. cool. At yeah. least he bluffs. 
Yeah. I it's like fun. a kid bluffing. That takes stones. Yeah. Except he doesn't like it when he loses, which is a problem when you bluff all the time because then because you, you lose. You gotta a be lot ready for the losses. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta be able to accept your losses there, my friend. Yeah. Uh, college football playoff is this weekend, believe Wait. it or not. No, next weekend. Next weekend, I mean, believe it or not. How you like me now? Uh, do you think TCU has any chance in hell? Uh, no. Okay. Do you think Ohio State has any chance in hell? I do think Ohio State has a chance. You think they got a chance versus Georgia? Yeah, I do. I think they, I think they have the better chance of the two. I agree. Underdogs. I agree with that. Yeah. But we're talking about a six and a half point favorite is Georgia, which smells stinky. It should be more than that. And I think uh, Michigan's minus eight against TCU. Bet down from nine and a half. So money came in on TCU. Yeah, I could see that. I, I don't know. I can see a, I can see a Harbaugh team maybe not showing up. Thinking they got TCU wrapped in the bag, going to be an easy win against a Big 12 team, all that shit. I don't know, Hammer. I don't know, man. I think that they're going to own the trenches, and I, outside of um, Max having some insane – I mean, he's had a great Big 12 championship game. I yeah. just don't think they have the st- – they don't have the firepower. No, the speed. If – Quentin Johnson's fully healthy, maybe. He's got the speed. He's a top 15 draft pick when healthy, I think. Um, they, they do. I mean, I think they're the best wide receiver unit in the Big 12 this year when healthy. I, I just don't see, see him being able to just drop back and th- chunk the ball. They're going to have to establish a run game, which I don't think they're going to be able to do. They can't. There's no fucking way they'll be able to establish a run game. Max Duggan's going to get beat the fucking shit. That kid puts himself through a fucking car wreck every game, too. It's it's going to be ugly. Isn't it crazy that he wasn't even the starter this year? That's insane to me. Yeah. That's fucking insane. Brother of Lincoln, uh, whatever that guy's name is, Lincoln Riley's brother, the OC. I think it's Riley Riley. Had Chandler Morris, who is the son of, uh, oh, yes, what's his name? Who was at Clemson and then Arkansas, SMU. What's his name, Shay? Uh, the dad, Chad, Chad Morris. Isn't that crazy? SMU. I mean, if Where Chandler was, Morris, Morris doesn't now? get hurt, I, I think it's OU, then TCU's probably like a 9 1 team. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. May, I don't know. Because Max Duggan, I mean, he's, he was awesome this year. He was a beast. Fucking Heisman runner. Come on. Do you see him uh, in the Heisman like pictures yeah. with like his Land's End outfit? <laughs> what the fuck was that about? <laughs> he looked like such a TCU frat, bro. <laughs> totally did. He got dressed by his brother's. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like win this Heisman and then go sell you some some commercial real estate. Hundred <laughs> percent, can't wait. <laughs> I'm never gonna have to buy a beer in Fort Worth again. Um, I saw Baylor. So outside of the playoffs, Baylor's playing tonight against Air Force. 
Air Force, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baylor's a, a, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else are interesting games? Stinky this line, weekend? stinky line. Tomorrow, we got uh, Wake Forest playing Mizzou. Wake's minus two there. Um, and then Christmas Eve, Middle Tennessee and San Diego State for all the DGens out there. You're going to have to bet San Diego State plus a seven, I think. Um, and then we have a day off of college football for Christmas Day. And then right after that, New Mexico State's playing Bowling Green on Monday the 26th. Mm. And then Tuesday, it just gets rolling. Tuesday, Wednesday, fucking Thursday. Like, we're just rocking and rolling Friday all the way through the college football playoffs. Yeah, so Tuesday, the game that Wisconsin-Oklahoma State. That's right. That looks, I don't know how good of a game that's going to be because of all the opt-outs and whatnot. I'm on whiskey, minus three and a half. I I would too. Um, Oregon UNC could be good. You've got Arkansas against Kansas. Oh yeah, and then Texas Tech against Ole Miss. So you've got a couple Big Twelve SEC matchups. I'm on Tech plus three and a half already. Mm. I love Tech in that game. Me too. We got Minnesota Q's on the 29th. Minnesota laying nine and a half. I don't like that one bit. We got a big fucking week. Big two weeks. I know. We'll be back next week to talk about uh, a bunch of this shit, but we're going to have half of these games done by then already. Um, it'll be exciting. And then, oh, yeah, DJ of the Year will be announced in the first week of January. I said that earlier, but to answer somebody's phone call question, uh, we're going to have voting from now essentially until the first show in January. Polls will be closed December 31st. And voting for DJ of the Year on the Twitter bio, there's going to be a Google form on my Twitter bio on Twitter.com. There'll be a Google form for you to click and vote for DJ of the Year. Yeah, we're going to need the banker to sub in for me that first week of January for DJ of the Year. I'm going to be on vacation. Ooh, a little vacay. A little vacay. With the fam? That's right. Sick. Well, I'm not. We're all fucking beer. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully you don't freeze market, to death. This market, brother. You know, the roommate and I were talking about it yesterday. Like, what the fuck are we going to do if we do lose power? Like, we're in the woods. It's going to be 11 fucking degrees. We got fireplaces and shit, but, like, you can't cuddle a baby up next to a fire and fall asleep. That is, like, day one shit you cannot do. Right. So I guess we'd have to go to the in-laws, but that would be a fucking nightmare. Hmm. Or go to somebody's house that has power? I don't know. There's no hotels. There's nowhere to stay out here. Do you have gas? Like, are you gassed up? No. No, we're old. We got old. No, I mean your cars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all fine. Okay. Do you have water? Uh, we're going to fill the bathtubs tonight. <laughs> there's no. There's a huge water uh, shortage in Austin right now. Because of the storm? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, load it up. That's part of the problem. Jugs of water. But I don't really care. Gotta take care of my family, Shay. <laughs> That's right, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, man, when the power goes out for like uh, the electric, I read a book about the, about it's, it wasn't, no, it was fiction, but if the grid went out for like, like a week. Like when civilization breaks down. Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. it won't take that long, dude. I'm saying no. like if the grid goes down, 
in Texas, the entire grid, I think day seven, things get really weird. I think day seven, I mean, day three, there's shootings. Yeah. People are shooting each other for water day three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's just too many guns down there. There's just too many guns and desperate people. That is a recipe for disaster. Uh, or just, you know, freedom. Well, yeah. When I say too many, I mean not enough, right? <laughs> or just a whole lot of freedom, Shaq. <laughs> no, you guys don't get that up there in the Northeast. <laughs> Fucking Yankee commie, son of a bitch. <laughs> that's, that's the one benefit I have of living up here is that I bring that uh, Texas know-how. The home is loaded up with guns. So a lot of these people are going to be trying to shake hands or maybe get into fisticuffs on day four. I'm going to be letting a few rounds go off in the air and motherfucking Chadwick Von Chatty uh, to give me his goddamn car because I'm taking it. Yeah, you got to open fire on Chip Todd and Race, right? Matt, immediately. Day one. Yeah. Oh, Dude, all you got to do is look for like bright red... Um, Sweater vest and just start firing. <laughs> Dead to rights. I got him. I got him. He had a glow in the dark vest on. All right. Uh, well, uh, check us out on our Patreon. Got special goodies for subscribers there. Uh, make me quit my fucking job, Hammer Two. Yep. Uh, and let us get on. Let us build a, a studio. Get weird, man. That's what. Let's we do, do it. Get weird. All right. Uh, yeah, Shane Irving. That's Hammer. Merry fucking Christmas. It's not a happy holiday. I don't care what Austin, Texas says. Merry fucking Christmas, y'all. <laughs> Get it in. See y'all. Something held me down and made me make a promise That I wouldn't tell if the truth forgets about us Saying it now